that has shaped my idea of Cuba is Havana Unana. Half of my heart is in Havana Unana. But what happens when Havana Unana turns into Havana Oh, uh, nah, nah. On today's episode of Millennial in Place, we talk to Caroline of Travel Eat Slay and her not-so-insta-glam trip to Havana. Disclaimer, this episode is longer than normal because, well, you know, I just love talking to strangers, especially those who have traveled to places I've been. This episode will touch on Mykonos and their ATVs and Morocco, two of my favorite trips I've ever been on. And it talks about how Instagram didn't really do either one of these places justice. This is Millennial in Place, and I am your host, Tara Lynn. Hey, everyone, this is Tara Lynn, and you are listening to Millennial in Place. Today, we have Caroline of Travel Eat Soleil, and Caroline, where are you taking us today? So, I'm taking everybody to Cuba. Fun! Yeah. So, so as I mentioned, who are you? (laughs) Okay, so I'm Caroline. I'm based in London. Um, I'm the founder of Travel Eats Lay, which is an apparel brand for travelers. And it's also a community um, where we host day trips around Europe. So taking like-minded folk uh, who don't know each other or sometimes have met each other at some point and we travel together to on day trips to Europe to just explore create some content have some food and come back and just bond with one another like travel with like-minded people I love that so we do oh I yeah. love that that's dope so <laughs> we are going to Cuba <laughs> And I, I don't know, like, you can't Arriba, Arriba. That's not, that's not Cuba. That's not Cuba. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> I'm really excited about this because before COVID, I was going to be going to Cuba next month in May. I was going to go really? to, yeah, I was going to fly from San Francisco to Cuba and then hit up Miami. And like, you know, nice. just, it's just like a continuous party trip. And then I was going to come back. Yeah. I was nice. going to be so brown. And just play oh, on the whoa. beach. <laughs> I haven't told you about it yet. <laughs> I know, but I'm just like so excited. Okay, good. Let's go. Let's go. I'm so excited. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know if you're going to be that excited about my story in Cuba. Um, <laughs> it started back. So initially, I wanted to go to Cuba back in 2017. Um, the reason why was Cuba had always been on my list. I just felt like the culture over there, the vibrancy, and actually Instagram and social media heightened my need or my want to go there because the pictures that I saw that people were going was so like, oh, I can imagine myself there. It looked so exciting. Um, I was supposed to go September of 2017. And unfortunately, that's when they had like a hurricane season that was so bad that everything got um, like flooded up to a point like um most tourists that were there had to be rescued out so i had to reschedule my flight in um from september 2017 to summer of 2018 um 
and now I was like more amped. I had done some research about Cuba. I don't know if you know, like um, Cuba is a uh, close currency, so you have to get uh, your money. You have to get your currency when you're there. I researched a little bit. I don't speak Spanish or it's Spanish, right? Yeah. Language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't speak Spanish, but then I was just like trying my best to learn just the small things like conversational mm-hmm. words. Um, and I felt like I was so ready for my trip to go there. And the day came that I had to fly and I was late to get to the airport. And I missed my initial flight. <gasps> so my flight was a connecting flight from London to Paris. And then I would wait for an hour connection and I would go from Paris to Havana. Um, I was, I, don't even ask me how I like missed that flight. I was so prepared down to the T. I had packed everything. I was ready. But in the morning, um, I went on a national, on a bank holiday, like a public holiday. I left on a public holiday in London and I just didn't anticipate that there would be traffic. So on my way to the airport, everything just like ruined my whole plans. I was stuck in traffic for about two hours. Then I managed to get a change of flight. So I left an hour later um, from my original flight. But when I got to the airport and into my flight, my flight was delayed. My flight was delayed to go into Paris. And once we had then left to go to Paris, I had 40 minutes to get out of my flight to get to the connecting flight to go to Cuba. And luckily I made it, made it and everything was all cool. Um, It was going to be a 10 hour flight from Paris to um, Havana. Um, I also managed to have my the whole row to myself on the seat. Yes. I was like, hey, everything's all good. Uh, prior to traveling, I read that like a few people were mentioning like, don't bring luggage, like don't bring hold luggage in your um, in your flight. Do like the one that you take, like the carry on yeah. type of luggage is better. Um, the reason why they were cautioning that is because of most places in accommodation wise are located up loads of stairs, like they steep stairs that you have to keep going up. Oh, um, yeah. But that's if you don't stay in a hotel. If you stay in like Airbnb types, they're all located up up a hill kind of thing. So you, you will struggle with your luggage. And they also were saying to avoid the hold luggage because there's a wait. There's a longer wait at the, um, once you arrive at the airport uh-huh. to, for you to get your luggage. And to my surprise, I was just like, yeah, everything's fine. I got to the, I got to Havana safely. I got through security safely. And now it was time for me to wait for my luggage. <laughs> I waited for two hours for my bag to come out of the um, airplane. After waiting that two hours, my bag didn't even come out. My bag was still in Paris. <gasps> and I was just like, oh my God, that's the worst that anyone can ever, like, especially like I was traveling alone. I was a female. Uh, I was black. <laughs> and I was just like, all these things. And now my luggage is left in Paris. And you know, like when you have dreamt so much about like 
how much you're going to be living your best life yeah. in uh, destination. And you're like, yeah, I brought like my little outfit. I was like so excited. Were all your wigs like, hey, in your... what I'm going to wear. This is how I'm going to rock this dress. I'm going to go out. No. <laughs> that flight was just like, no, it's this girl. But what also um, hurt me, or not hurt me, but then like I was more frustrated that it's like the flight attendant or like the airport security people knew that my what, I was one of the people whose bags were left in Paris. They could have told you or they could have told me this to save me two hours waiting for baggage that was not going to come. Right. So I had to get in a queue um, just to speak to them and give them my information, um, like my contact number for them to contact me when the baggage comes back uh-huh. um and i was told that it's gonna come in three days time i was just like oh my gosh i'm now in and luckily i had um little backpack but that backpack only had one if i remember like one pair like another pair of clothes to change into yeah uh, because it was a backpack i couldn't have any toiletries in there so i was just like me and my two clothes in my backpack just walking around in my snacks I had snacks in the backpack which was great but then once I so accommodation wise I stayed in what they call a casa casa is like Airbnb Mm -hmm. um you stay with a host family and they have a room for you and in most cases you can pay additional if you want to have breakfast which they prepare prepare for you um but then when I told them like what was what had happened to me they kindly had like miniature toiletries which they gave to me and I was just like oh my gosh thank you so much I was pissed for like three days straight I was just like oh my gosh what am I gonna do like and because it was hot I the things that I was wearing I was wearing um like gym leggings Uh and I think I had a hoodie or something like I just didn't have clothes that were suited to the weather so I was just like walking around um walking around the city for a a day or two and I just had these two things and I'll change into shorts which were shorts that I couldn't go out in the streets like looking like a little tramp I didn't (laughs) want to do that so I was just like oh my god this is not the greatest beginning for my trip that I had anticipated for so much. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, luckily enough, though, um, before I left here in the UK, my sister had connected me with one of her friends who was studying in Havana. So she was a godsend because I don't think I would have navigated my way around Cuba without her. Um, there was one time she... She also helped me in doing like the currency exchange. Um, there's two types of currencies in uh, Cuba. There is the one for the tourists, and then there's the one for the locals. Um, I it, I won't even be able to explain to you like what's what now because I was just so um, frazzled by the whole thing that mm-hmm. if you they look alike, uh-huh. but then one is a CUP, which is a cook, and one is a CUC. I think the CUC is the one for the tourists, but don't quote me on that. Um, 
So when you go into shops, like the local shops, for example, you have to give them the currency for the net, like the locals, because they, that's how they barter. That's how they exchange. If you don't have the local currency, you can give them the tourist currency, which is a, a little bit of a higher value than the local currency. But in terms of getting change back, they will only give you in local currency change which means sometimes you might be losing out because it's not a fair trade. Mm -hmm. If you're giving someone a higher currency and they're giving you change in a lower currency, that's all they can give you. Yeah. So um, thankfully my sister's friend, in most cases she was just helping me like uh, speak with some of the locals when I needed to buy anything. Like I had to buy all toiletries that I didn't have because my luggage wasn't there. Um, and it's not like they have the normal shops that we have. They don't have like H&M or Zara or whatever, Walgreens, or they don't have those kinds of things. It's just like, um, not, not a shack per se, but then if some shops are just no-name shops and they have all these products in there, like mm -hmm. you have your normal toiletry products, but at an extortionate rate, like, they are just so overpriced that you're just like, uh, I get this at home for like peanuts and you're selling it to me for so much here. Yeah. Which is understandable because given the kind of country it is, they rely on the barter exchange that they're going to get for these kind of products. Yeah. Um, it was, um, yeah, so it was just a learning curve just to and have my like negotiations uh hat on just to be like yo you you can't get and they'll they know who's a tourist who's not a tourist right even though um it i'm black i was probably like a lighter shade or a darker shade than some of the people that were there and i thought i blended in be, just because i was black but they can tell <laughs> Like, sister girl, you're a tourist. Right. <laughs> They're like, you don't um, know Spanish. You are And yeah, you don't know Spanish. I, so I was just like, uh, yeah. And it's just surprising how um, my sister's friend is originally from Ghana. And she, how she just adopted into that culture. And like, she speaks, which is obvious. If you have to live somewhere, you're going to have to know like the whole place inside out kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that was an eye-opener on that side. But my luggage didn't actually come three days after. I had to wait five days. So it came, um, my plan, my itinerary for this trip was to go to Havana for five days. And then I, I'll go to another city called Varadero, which is more closer to the sea. And it's like a beachy area mm -hmm. in comparison to Havana. So my luggage came, I think, the day before or the same day that I was supposed to go to uh, Varadero, which was nice because I had uh, different kind of clothes that I could I could now wear, like my own kind of clothes that I had brought for the trip. Right. But I just felt my experience in Cuba was just wasted or or tarnished by that whole experience of not having my own luggage with me, which shouldn't really um like cause your trip to be bad but just think of it in i had 
like planned for this trip for a year now because it was cancelled in the first go and then I had to reschedule it. So everything in my head was set to be like, I'm going to wear this, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I just felt uh, a little hurt right. <laughs> that my luggage, but then I also then, um, I didn't let it stop me. Like I didn't let, day one and day two, I kind of let it stop me. I, I was just in, in the room and I was like, I don't feel like going out. I don't feel like exploring anywhere. But I think day three, from day three onwards, I just had to brush it up and just like, yo, I haven't spent this much money on a flight for me to come into a hotel room and just cry my eyes out because my luggage has been lost. There's, like, there's better things to do than just think of uh, lost luggage. Right. Like, my life is still there, so at least look on the brighter side. There are things that I could be doing. Right. How did you get from the airport to um, your... So I had pre-booked... Um, I had pre-booked a taxi via my casa. Mm -hmm. So the place that I was staying, they helped me arrange a taxi, someone to pick me up from the airport, which I would highly recommend for anyone who is going to Cuba and probably not staying in a hotel. Um, The reason why I'm saying that is because it was just easier in terms of translation. I told them the time that I was arriving um, and when I wanted to be picked up, even though he had to stay, basically the, the taxi driver was there the whole way, the, the whole time while I was waiting for my luggage, he was at the airport as well. Wow. So he waited the two hours that I had to wait because he was told that I arrive at a certain time and if he doesn't see me, he has he still has to wait. Yeah, wow. Um, and why I'm saying it's a little bit easier is if you are, I was a solo traveler, there and I didn't want to because of the language barrier I didn't want to start like doing Google Translate outside looking for a taxi and I also didn't know fully I had the address of where I was going um, but I just felt it's it's I like to pre to have some things pre-booked like accommodation in places that are a little bit far um, and taxis are a must for me which right. I just feel like security wise, it just feels like you're not so nervous around that. As right. long as it's booked, you know where you is going to pick you up at point A and drop you off where you need to go. Right. I do that same exact thing. Like if I can order like a cab or taxi service through my Airbnb or through the hotel or hostel or whatever, I always go that route because like, I feel like there's a record. <laughs> so like if I get kidnapped, somebody tries to take me, then they'll be able to like, be like, um, yeah. this is who <laughs> They know what yeah. happened to me. Yeah, and so I, like, am 100% in, like, a gr- full agreement with that. And I think now yeah. that I'm older, too, it's, like, it's a lot of work trying to get to the airport. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like, I... Especially, uh, especially, I also didn't know, like, I think <clears throat> in Europe, I can kind of be okay with not booking uh um transportation Mm -hmm. i just feel like when i go outside of the european region i just need to make sure i'm 100 percent, not 100 percent, but like i'm secure in some way yeah um and you just don't i didn't know how the 
public transport situation was going to be. I knew I was landing late as well. I think my flight landed at eight, but then I initially, I eventually got out around 10. Mm-hmm. So imagine looking for uh, transportation at that time as a girl with your luggage and you're just like, yeah, I don't kind of speak, uh, I don't speak your language and I'm looking for, and it's, it's just too much. Right. And you've done a 10 hour fly and then explaining all this. I think it's just, there's something that you should avoid. Right. And, and then there's something that you shouldn't go cheap on. Right. For the sake of, yeah, for the sake of traveling. Like I, I'm cheap. Like I, I can say not cheap, cheap. But, like, I'm wise with money, yeah. but there's some things that I would splurge on just to make sure that I'm safe. Definitely. Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> because, like, the thing that I've noticed about taxi drivers, like, if you don't know what you're doing, when you're in a foreign country with a language that you don't know, the taxi mm-hmm. drivers will all start talking to each other. And that is, like, the thing that stresses me out the most. Yeah. Especially after yeah. a long flight is when they're all talking to each other and then they, like, ask you a question. And then they're like, mm-hmm. eh, whatever. And then they're like, okay, so this person's going to take you. And I'm Yeah, because like, I think they have, like, I witnessed this, like, first hand in Morocco. They do like a little, no, you take her. No, you take her. How much do you think you can take her? In their own language. And they're yeah. just like, and you're like, uh, are you going to take me or not? Right. No, exactly. That's, that's. So when I went to Morocco, we booked a, a taxi service through our um, Riyadh that we stayed in. And so mm-hmm. like, because I wanted to avoid all that. I was like, I don't like to do it. Like, I don't like to barter with people. I don't like yeah. to, I'm not like confident in bartering. So then it was really cool because like basically the cab driver we'd hired through the Riyadh, he basically toured us around the whole entire day. And so oh, like, nice. that was like really, that made me feel a lot more comfortable because I'm like, okay, so like our Riyadh knows like who he is and they work with him. And like, so yeah. they know like if anything sketchy happens, like they know. True. <laughs> and I'm sure they can give you like the best rate anyway. Yeah. Going through that service rather than like you trying to barter and then they give you a price you think is cheap, but then they've really just done a little, they put one over you. Yeah. They've just told you what you wanted to hit, basically. Exactly. So when you were in Havana, did you go on those old-fashioned cars? I d- so I did. I'm trying to think. I got one when I went to um, Varadero. So oh, when okay. I went, uh, when I left Havana and went to the next city, I took that one as my taxi because they're used as taxi services as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in, in Havana, it was more like fashionable. Like you pay extra in Havana to get on those cars than you do when you go out of out of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I also got on it just for like the clout and just be like, yeah, I got on it. Oh my God. Um, yeah, I, I, it was nice. It's, it's something that you have to do, I think, when you go there. Yeah. Um, I just didn't do it in like the extravaganza that people go on it with their dresses straight and like doing like fashion model kind of thing. I just went on it just to actually get to the next point where I wanted to go. Right. I used it as an actual transportation, which was nice. Um, (laughs) Another thing that I got on, which I, which is not so usual is, so, you know, the, the fashionable cars, 
but the older version of them yeah. are used as taxis as well. And they're the taxis that anyone can hail. And you all go in, like if three of us are going around about the same destination, we'll all get into that um, taxi and then he'll drop us off as we go along. Um, so I got on a couple of those with my sister's friend because that was a way for her to get from where she lived into the city. Um, but again, she did all the negotiating. She knew where we were going. She would just be like, yeah, drop me off at X spot or Y spot. And then I'll just follow in. Mm-hmm. Um, it was nice though, like, because it just felt normal. I think adopting into their culture was just a normal thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like reserved or scared or, um, fearful about anything I, I i don't know why i don't know if it was just like i wouldn't say they had a welcoming culture it was just i felt like oh okay i can just parade walk around i feel safe i didn't feel like eyes were on me at all you know like in some sometimes when you travel or like maybe it's a european thing when i travel to europe it's some european countries it's just like if you walk around there, everyone is going to be looking at you and just be like, oh, her hair. Oh, look at her clothes. Oh, like it's just some for some people, they just want to strike a conversation with you just because you're black or just because they see you as a female traveling alone. But yeah, it was, it was just, inter- yeah, it was interesting. And I was even telling it to my friend, like some of them were way darker than me, uh-huh. but they had. And she was even saying, like, it's it's a thing within the um, Cuban culture. Like, I think they, the darker Cubans that are there, there's also, like, that whole skin thing. Like, they are lighter Cubans that shun them, the darker ones, down. So the darker Cubans need someone else to be, like, I'm... You're if you like you're you're lower than me kind of thing. Wow. So if they see an African person, then they're just like, yes, I'm now I'm no longer like the lower status. I have someone else who's beneath me. Wow. I was just like, okay. Oh, to me, everyone yeah. looks. You're either black or white. Like right. Literally, it's it's two shades here. There's no oh you're Cuban, oh you're African, oh you're this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Just accept who you are. Yeah. <laughs> That is so interesting. Okay, so you left Havana and then you went to another city. How, how so in order to get to there, I so one thing that I missed out on Cuba was that there is no Wi-Fi anywhere right. except for they have Wi-Fi parks. So parks that are made for you to connect to Wi-Fi. Uh-huh. In order for you to connect to Wi-Fi, you need to buy... Um, a little token card. This can be bought from these. You see, like these little kiosks, these little boxes that people sit in, and they'll have the sign, so you know that this is where you can buy um, the voucher for. It's so it's it's so backward. Like going in. I think that was the main thing as well. Like that, I felt when you step into even from the airport, like you just feel like you've gone back into time. The cars like these Cuban cars, the old ones are always like parading the streets Mm -hmm. and it just makes you feel like you're in an old whatever movie. Um, And you get to see a lot of that 
and experience a lot of that through the way that they just do things. So like this whole Wi-Fi situation, it's either you get it from the kiosk or you get it in a hotel. You'd go up to a hotel desk and just say, I'm looking for a Wi-Fi card. And it's based on, you can buy one for like five hours, you can buy one for 10 hours, you can buy one for an hour. Mm-hmm. When you have that card, you scratch it off. It's like a number that you call and then you go to these Wi-Fi parks. It's just like you will see them. You just see a bunch of people sitting down on their phones, like going through internet and stuff. When you sit under that park or close to that park, you get access to Wi-Fi. And um, in a way, like I liked and I didn't like it because I'm so used to having access to internet just like so freely. Right. But also it was a learning curve that I don't always have to be attached to my phone. I needed that break from everyone. So I just, I think I used to log in like twice a day just to like message my family, just be like, hey, I'm safe or hey, I'm going here or to contact my sister's friend and just be like, do you want to meet me at X spot? But once you leave the Wi-Fi zone, you have to go to that place where you're going to meet someone. Right. Otherwise, you're just like... I don't know, you can't, co- they can't contact you, you can't contact them until you get to another Wi-Fi spot. Wow, oh my goodness. So, yeah. For anyone who's like really pressed and they cannot leave without their phone or internet, probably don't be going to Cuba for a while <laughs> or just like rack up those um, internet cards and get loads. Yeah. But just know that like... Um, I know also if you stay in a hotel, I think the hotel offers Wi-Fi from there. Right. But that's only if you stay in a hotel. Not everyone goes to Cuba, stays in hotels. Right. Um, I was reading it was really... I was reading it's kind of hard to book a hotel because there's not, like... There's, like, more of those, like, casas to stay in than the hotels. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. Um, I didn't even look at the hotel option. When I made the itinerary for this trip i i think i had a i don't fully remember how much of a budget i went with if i'm not mistaken i think it was like 200 to 300 pounds mm-hmm. and i that was for 10 days wow. so i just said for 10 days this is as much as i'm gonna spend um and I didn't want to spend any more, but I had my bank card just in case. Mm-hmm. I like that's the thing. Well, I travel with my bank card, even though I have already assigned money for that trip. Right. Just in case something happens, you just need some backup. So I traveled with that card. Yeah. Um, because, like I was saying before, it's closed currency. Uh, you can get your 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 money from the airport. Or you can go these ATM machines in the city, around the city. Um, but then it's just up to you. I would recommend getting your money at the airport or like in the city, but somewhere safe where you can do like a, where they have a good currency conversion rate mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but some places do accept cards, card payments. But not American cards. Right. I was told. Yeah, yeah I think 
Like, that's the thing that I kept like <laughs> remembering hearing. Like, there's no American cards, but you can use any other card, but not American cards. Right. Yeah. So, like, one of the big things that I was reading is basically like, for me as an American, like, if I want to travel to Cuba, not only do they not expect accept any American cards or like American currency, they I have to get like a visa, but it's not like a visa visa it's a different kind of visa in order to go there okay and i have to have is like, that something that they did di- like recently i think it was when they recently opened the borders to us uh, okay so like basically as an american i have to state my reason why i'm going to cuba so like if i remember correctly like tourism isn't even on the list of things it's like yeah i think no everyone has everyone has to state the reason why because okay. i had to you it was a random list of things that you had like like you're working for like a um like the un like some kind of charity or you're doing volunteer yeah like volunteer which i think i that's what i ticked i said i was doing volunteering work yeah because nothing else fits the criteria right and yeah i don't think or there was something about tourism i don't i don't remember i i know like that card you receive that at the airport but i just i'm vaguely i do know though that um what you're saying like um what you, your state or your reason for traveling has to be mentioned mm-hmm. which was which i don't think it's just an american thing unless you also have a visa that you have to do but because you the have... landing card that they give you oh, okay because like basically we have to pay for it so it's like a hundred dollars for us oh yeah um so like i don't think i've made so yeah so that's like kind of like so, like, in my head, Cuba was going to be a lot more expensive for me to go than I originally thought. Because also, yeah. too, like, because we don't, for us Americans, we can't use our credit cards or anything. Like, I would have had to take out, like, $500 in cash and yeah. then, like, exchange it. But then, like, the exchange rate, like, for me yeah, is, you're like, out. insane. Yeah. So, I was going to, like, basically, like, hit up one of my friends, like, one of my non-American friends and be like, uh, can you, like, can I, like, give you this money and then you convert it? And then, and then like, give me your rose. Yeah. 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 Well, I didn't think, I didn't know that there was that kind of, um, an issue for you yeah, girl, guys to travel with. hates America. <laughs> but I see a lot of people going to Cuba though. Like a lot of Americans going to Cuba. So how did unless they've just bypassed that whole like it's not an issue for them. If it's so much for them to go to Cuba, they just they're okay with going. Well, I I think what I wanna say it is is that I don't feel like people tell the whole story. Okay. So that's like, that's another reason why I wanted to talk to you about Cuba is because I'm like, you know, I don't feel like the whole story is being told. So that's why I'm like, Mm -hmm. I need like a firsthand person's like experience. But I don't know if I'm I'm the right firsthand person. (laughs) I think my, and I've told this story twice and I'm just like, (laughs) this is my second time telling it. The first time I, I, I got it. I wrote it in Travel Noir. And I was just like, yeah, this is... I don't feel like I gave the right representation that 
people need to hear about Cuba. Right. But I also, because I think my representation of wanting to go there was so much on like the beautiful pictures that I saw on Instagram. And I don't think I really felt that when I went there. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it was, I don't want to make say it was basic, but then I just didn't see the, I was like, what was the fuss all about? Like, but then I've also been to other European countries uh-huh. that I'm just like, what was the fuss all about? Like this country. And, but then I, I just, maybe in my mind, I had played Cuba so much. Right. I hyped it up so much saying like, okay, this is going to be a, a great thing. And I wanted this to happen. So my expectations were also high, right. which sometimes going into a country with so much high expectations, you're just like, bound to fail like you're now like nitpicking everything so that it fits into your your reality or your perception that you want it right no I totally get that um but then it's good what you're saying as well like people need to see the real picture or at least um some reality of how life there is Mm -hmm. but I'm also talking about um 28 teen life i don't know if they have improved hopefully they have yeah. the major thing i think if they have improved would be on their the whole wi-fi thing <laughs> because we're living in 2020 right. and most of their their traffic is tourism they have to make sure that they can provide that for like provide wi-fi to people who come from other parts of the world right no absolutely and that's like super important And I think, like, that kind of, like, what you're talking about is, like, a thing that I feel really passionately about. Because, like, I think that there's, like, this weird thing, like, because of social media and I think because of, like, the bigger social media bloggers, travel bloggers, they've, like, created this really weird reality for traveling and, like, these really weird, like, expectations for traveling that, like... nobody no regular regular person like you and I is gonna be able to have like an experience like that because like I can't afford that and like like you I'm wise with money too when I travel so like I like have to make those decisions like okay like if I want to stay in like a nicer Airbnb or like stay in a hotel that's like probably two three hundred dollars a night like I have to know that I need to put snacks in my bag because I'm not gonna be going <laughs> to eat yeah. the that I want <laughs> and also remember after that trip you're gonna come back home with bills right exactly. you're not staying in Cuba forever exactly it's like, <laughs> uh hello you gotta exactly. lie so like yeah. that's that's another thing that I just like I don't know like that's why I like that's that's why I like your perspective on this because it is so different and it's not like that glam, like in a red dress sitting on like yeah. an old fashioned car. Like, I would so- love to, but hey, <laughs> I would have loved to. Not to also say like I didn't get the content or the pictures that I like. I think now if I was to go back to Cuba, obviously it's been two years. I have a different perspective of how to take pictures or like what I'm looking for Uh or how to experience a different destination so it would be enhanced but when I left the country I was just like I don't know if I'll come back and that was actually bad and I was just like oh (laughs) 
I also, uh, and I keep going back and I just think maybe how my trip started is just messed up the whole thing for me on the whole trip. Right. Um, by having my luggage delayed, I just felt like my whole, oh, this trip could not have gotten anywhere. So like, but I still tried to make the, the most of it, but having my luggage, whether my luggage arrived with me or didn't arrive with me, mm-hmm. I don't think I would, I think Cuba is like a one-time experience. I don't think I would go back to that destination with what I know of it now. Right. And that's not to deter anyone, but it's just, um, there's some places that you just have to go once and then you just go, yeah, I ticked it. Ticket on my bucket list. I've gone. I don't need to go again. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. I like also was reading from like, just when I was doing research, like some people were saying, they're like, oh, you might want to bring your own toiletries, like TP and like paper towels and stuff like that. You you literally need to bring tissue. (laughs) <laughs> like you need to bring that. Um, was this the one that? Yeah. Okay. So I was trying to think if this was the country that does this, but you don't throw toilet tissue in the tissue in in the um, in the toilet in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you don't throw like when you use it. Basically, you've gone to the toilet. Whether it's number one, whether it's number two. You don't throw that tissue that you have used in the toilet. You throw it in the bin next to you. And to me, I was just like, because I'm just used to throwing it straight in the toilet. It's a normal thing for me. (laughs) So there's signs everywhere. And I just, it, it takes a little bit adjusting to get used to this new kind of norm that you have to throw it in the bin. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll point it out, and I would say, yes, bring everything that you can ever think of in terms of toiletries, because if you don't, you're going to be spending more money in the shops to get it, or it's not going to be in the shops. They're just not going to have for it. Right. It depends on what, what it is that you, like, especially natural hair products, bring everything that you can, like, everything that you can, because... <laughs> You're never going to find it there. Right. Um, to, to, this, to the simplest thing as maybe like a razor, a shaving razor, mm-hmm. bring that with you if you can. Um, but toilet paper would be your must. Like the things that you have to carry and that's one of them. Oh my gosh. Wow. Ugh, that's interesting. <laughs> so in Athens, you couldn't throw the toilet paper into the bin. And I was like... Oh, this is very... You're just like, what? That, it, it's so... To me, I was just like, my, my brain was not... Didn't function at all, like, for some time. Right. And I was just like, well, how do they know if I throw it in the, in the, in the toilet anyway? Because it's going to get clogged up. This is yeah, I know, so but like, old. that's after, after you do it frequently. Not just, right. like, my one single use. I've been to the toilet once, and I just go... Right. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the other city that you went to while you were in Havana or in Cuba. So I went to Varadero. Varadero is more beachy. Um, I went there just to get a difference of a reflection from uh-huh. city life to beach life. 
Um, once again, I stayed in a casa there. Um, the casa was not as they described it in terms of distance from the um, from where the casa is to where the this what would I say like the where the main life of the party is mm-hmm. in terms of where that city is. So I I think I thought I was right by the, by the sea. I wasn't. I was like 30 minutes away, like a 30 minute walk away from the sea. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even have the strength to complain. Like this trip, I was just like, you know what? I take anything right now. Um, so what I would, I would do in the morning, I would get dressed, pack everything that I just need. Like if I needed a change of clothes or like um, sunscreen, it was hot out there. Um, I would pack my little bag and I would just spend the whole day out because it's long for me to walk 30 minutes. Yeah. Chill by the, by the sea, come back 30 minutes, do change again, go out. It was just, everything was just so long. So I would just spend my whole day out, um, by the sea, by the beach, um, had like mojitos there and just chilled and then I'd go back home. I was supposed to spend three nights there, but I was just like, this whole 30-minute walk was just tiring me out. So <laughs> I got another bus back to Havana a day early. <laughs> and then you, at least you got to wear your outfits in Havana. Yeah. <laughs> I got to wear my outfits. I was just like, yeah, this is cool. Um, what I was surprised about, though, was the food there. I, I don't think... In all my research, people were saying that the food was good. I think people were just say mentioning like the food is borderline. It's not great. It's not like oh outstanding. It's just okay, mm-hmm. which I can testify. It was just okay. It was okay food. It wasn't like I think the most that you they like a lot of like rice, beans, uh, planting uh, chips, and chicken. Like that can be a whole meal that you can have like every day mm-hmm. and it's not seasoned as much. I don't know if it was also the places that I went to, but most places were, were not seasoning like food, even like salt and pepper. It was just bland, like borderline food. Um, and I come from like an African household where we like flavor, uh, difference, chicken, fish, all types of, food all types of meat as well but I just felt like chicken was king and rice and beans was king there wow yeah that's if you're not for that it's just like "Mm, you better look look for salad somewhere I was reading too that like the food is just like it's not like how we envision Cuban food like okay so like I guess like my whole like thing about Cuba is it's like the like American media, mediaized version of Cuba is, like, so different than, like, how actual Cuba is. And... Yeah. That's so sad. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not sure who's responsible for painting that picture of what Cuba is like in the media, because they need to stop and show us the real thing. Not sure, but, like, let the Cubans tell their own story. Like, give them... uh, like a, a TV platform. show. Right. 
It's Camilla Cabrera, Cabello, Camila Cabello, whatever her name is, with her song Havana. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, she needs to stop. She needs to stop. <laughs> Everyone needs to stop and just. But it's it's yeah, it, it needs to stop. <laughs> it's just like yeah. Um, I did try my my vision also throughout this itinerary. I was thinking of doing um a tour, like a horse ride tour, all that was just like thrown out. I was just like, no, I cannot. At some point I was actually just counting down to the days I went home, which is bad. And I was just like, oh my God, I have envisioned this for a long time to say I have been to Cuba. Right. But also, I don't know if at, at some point during the trip, I was also thinking like, was it just, uh, like a fantasy it within me to just be like, I want to say I have been to Cuba. Right. Rather than experiencing the realness of what Cuba is. Like, you know, when something hits you, like reality, after you have toyed in your mind and you're just like, yeah, this is how it's going to be. Or like your crush, this is how it's going to be with my crush when he finally like <laughs> likes me, says that he likes me. And then he talks to you and everything is just like, Oh damn! Is this it? Like you've been crushing on someone for like a month, two months, a year, and this is all they can give you, kind of thing. Um, yeah, which I think sometimes some a lot of people, whether you're a travel blogger or just a normal traveler, we kind of romanticize or fantasize about different destinations or how it's going to be, how the people are going to be. Maybe a bit of media plays on it as well. Mm-hmm. Cause you'd like, I want to, I want to, uh, flamingo with the ladies in Spain or something. But when you get there, not everyone is doing flamingo. Like half of the people I've never seen when I've been to Spain, no one is flamingoing. <laughs> and you're just like, Oh, I thought, the Parisians would be wearing those berets and those stripy tops and speaking all love languages and stuff. No, not all of them. But yeah. But don't you think it's true? Oh, 100%. Literally the first time I went to Paris, I only brought striped shirts and berets with me. Half of them don't even wear it. Berets don't even come from Paris. (laughs) There you go. And you're just like, you paint, we paint this whole image of like, oh, London is going to be this. And yeah, everyone is going to be so nice. I don't know if you guys think uh, Londoners or like British people are nice, but some people have that little cocoon with them when they travel. Oh, I'm going to this place. It's going to be like this. And that's, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm just saying sometimes it can it can warp your imagination and just give you, because when you then get to experience the real thing, you're just like, oh, damn, I feel let down. Right. No, you didn't feel let down because the place showed you what it really is like. Right. So I'm not sure where you're coming from with your ideas kind of thing. <laughs> no, exactly. Like that is so, that is so important. And like, I think that that's the thing that's that's the big thing that I disagree with a lot with Instagram and like you know like turning to social media for like research about like destinations because yeah when you 
you only your only source of research is like social media and like clout basically like you're not giving that destination the opportunity to prove who it actually is yeah and i yeah. think i think that a lot with um with Bali, because I want to go to Bali really badly, but, like, everything yeah. I see about Bali, I'm like, Bali just looks like Tulum to me. Like, I could literally, like, I feel like I'd have, like, a very similar experience, or at least, like, see very similar things because of what Instagram has sh shown yeah. me, and, like, the YouTube has shown me. It all looks super similar, and it's like, if I, like, why do I need to spend, like, all that money to go to Bali when I, could, Tulum is so much yeah. closer. But also, I think sometimes you have to visit a destination when it's no, no longer on people's mouths or right. no longer in the media right. so that you can get the experience fully, like, without always saying, oh, I want to take the picture exactly like how she did it on on that place, on those rice terraces and this and that. And you're <laughs> just going there just to mimic someone else's experience right. rather than actually... Getting into your own experience. Right. <laughs> well, this has been really awesome. Um, yeah. Do you have any fine, like, top three tips about Cuba? Go. Oh, top three tips. Um, I would say bring your toiletries. <laughs> bring every toiletry that you can. Be open to experiences, like even the ones that you're not so like used to. Um, and have fun and be safe, I think. Like try and find your own fun. Try and make your own fun. Don't, like what we're just saying, don't like try and experience Cuba through someone else's experience. Right. Create your own experience. Mm hmm Because you'll have fun and you remember it that way. Yes, does. That's I'm here for that. I love that. So <laughs> I have some questions for you. Yes. So why do you travel? <sighs> I travel to I think it's to know more about different cultures or different people's way of life and just I feel like whenever whenever I travel I also learn something about myself so I like that I, whether it's uh, challenging myself in new uh, experiences or new territory I just I think that's what travel does to me yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you describe your dream travel partner? Oh my gosh. I would want someone opposite to me. Like I'm sometimes held back on things. I just want someone who's spontaneous would be like, yeah, let's do this. Let's try this. But is also um, cautious. Like I, I'm sometimes too cautious. I'm just like, oh, what What if we don't have uh, the money? Or, like, I don't have the money or I don't have, like, I'm afraid of heights, like, crazy. It's weird. Like, I travel a lot, but I'm afraid of heights. I just want someone to give me that courage and 
push me to my limits. But not so much. <laughs> but yeah. But I would like someone spontaneous and who's able to push me to my limit. That's really important. Because then yeah. they'll be like, just try this. And be like, I'm scared. And we're like, I'm trying it right now. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Just to like, that's such encouragement. Uh-huh. Rather than like the ones who are like, if they're like, oh, just try this. And you're like, no. And they're like, okay, then. Okay, bye. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for trying. <laughs> what is your advice to any new traveler? I would say for any traveler, anyone thinking of traveling, try traveling in your hometown first or like in your own country first before you start venturing out to um, in the neighboring country or international travel. Um, whether you are embarking in solo travel for the first time, solo travel is a big thing. I think it's a big hurdle that some people might not really realize and they see people having fun while they're traveling solo. So they just think, oh, if she can do it, I can do it. But if you can't even go to the, the cinema on your own, you can't go to um, dine in your own country by yourself, or you can't just explore your own city by yourself, start with that. Don't start trying to think of going like solo traveling abroad or wherever. Because right. I don't think it's always for everyone. Oh, absolutely not. It's terrible. If you, yeah. like, aren't... If, it's terrible to realize... If you realize, don't like your own company... Yeah. <laughs> it gets awkward. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, hmm. And, but then sometimes, I've, I found that I had to push myself just to put myself in those situations for me to like solo traveling. Right. No, absolutely. So it just depends on the kind of person that you are and how you adapt to different situations. Mm-hmm. But I would, as a number one tip, or at least a first tip, try exploring your own city by yourself and then start moving to doing bigger trips. Right. No, that's really good advice. That is actually advice that I wish somebody would have told me before I took my first solo trip and then I would have been like, I don't think solo traveling is for me at all. (laughs) But then how many trips, how many solo trips have you been on? I think like three. So it's still not something for you? I think for me, like, okay. So like the first solo trip I took, I went to San Diego. I went to Southern California by myself. And then, but that was really interesting because before I went to Southern California, I had met this girl up here and she's like, oh, I live in the town that you're going to. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. So like for the first part of my trip, I was by myself and I was like, I'm by myself. Woe is me. I'm so sad. (laughs) And then I met up with her and then it was so fun. And then the next solo trip I took, I went to Europe by myself and I like backpacked through Europe all by myself. And that was like, it was like 
not as eye-opening as I thought it was going to be. It, all it made me realize was that I miss people and, like, I love humans and I love, like, people. And I, I did meet a lot of people, like, while I was traveling and that's that was really cool. But it was still, like, oh, people make me real. People make me, there's certain people that make me feel like I'm at home. And I think that whenever I'm, like, not in the Bay Area, but I'm with these people that, like, I love or, like, I'm with my, like, tribe, with somebody from my tribe out here in, like, a different place, like, I don't have, I feel more comfortable to, like, be myself. Because I'm like, okay, like, you're still, I still have, like, a person to, like, hang out with. But I think that, like, the thing that I'm most grateful for for solo traveling is it's made me realize how much I love people and it's helped me, like, be better at the relationships that I have with people because I'm like oh okay. hey I actually do appreciate you and I'm gonna show you that I appreciate you yeah. you are important to me <laughs> yeah. which is good that's good yeah but would you have you written off solo traveling no forever? no no because I think that like I know for myself like when I travel like even if I do travel with friends like there's times where I want to be by myself so like maybe it might not be like for the full duration of the trip but at least like maybe like a day I'll be like okay I'm gonna have a day yeah like this is my day I'm gonna go look at art I'm gonna go explore I'm gonna go do this and this and this like just listen to my head music and my headphones and just like you know go and be with myself for a little bit but then I love like coming back to like a house full yeah. of people or like an apartment full of people and I'm like oh my friends are here in one place yay <laughs> that's 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 different it's like you still feel like you like the comfort mm-hmm. of still coming back to what is familiar with yeah. you but sometimes you just need a break from yeah it. And then I lived by myself for, like, a year, and, like, that was such a hard year for me, because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going crazy. Because I basically came from, I went from, like, living in a family situation where there's, like, family all around, like, there's always somebody there, there's always noise, it's, like, a loud family scenario like I would always make dinner for my family so I was used to making like food for like five people and then like I move into my apartment by myself and it's like oh by yourself yeah I was like oh (laughs) I have to cook for myself now oh there's no one here for me to talk to about like what happened to me today but it was a big day for me I went to the grocery store (laughs) oh my god (laughs) but I think that that Like I said, like, I think that was really cool that, like, I learned that from solo traveling because I always thought, like, I was, like, you know, Miss Independent. Like, I don't need people. Like, I can travel by myself. Like, I, people, like, suck. Like, I don't need them. And then I, like, go and do these things that, like, kind of put me in a situation where I am by myself. And I'm like, wow, wait, no, I actually love people and I love human connection and, like, people like people for me people make make the world go round that's why like the job the career I have is like people centered like my community is filled with like lots of people that I'm like interacting with all the time just because I'm like I think people are amazing and I think people are great and I think that yeah you know being alive is cool so (laughs) being alive is cool amen (laughs) 
Oh wow. Yeah. Um. So that's all I have to say on everything. <laughs> Thank you so much. It Caroline. was so good talking to you. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Do you have any final words of wisdom you want to say? <sighs> when will we travel again? Oh. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not my. Um, uh, about travel. I think people should also experiment in group travel. Uh Group travel is, if if you like solo travel, try group travel. If you like group travel, try solo travel. I think rather than putting ourselves into little boxes or we should be able to um, adapt to different situations, you should be able to uh, solo travel if it needs for you to explore a destination that, Maybe your friends are not um, willing to go to, but if there's a group trip happening, jump on it. If you're if you've got the money and everything, just don't let your friends down. And but at the same time, don't let your friends stop you from traveling. Like if um, you want to go somewhere and you have no one to go with you, mate, that's the time to put your big girl pants on and start that solo travel. Yes. Yes, I support that. I'm Taryn, and I support this message 100%. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for um, joining us. So I'm excited. Yeah. How How is this going to, where is it going to show? It's a podcast. Okay. <laughs> Surprise. I literally just made it into a podcast <laughs> yesterday. So, like, it's a, it's a podcast now. Um, the first episode oh. is out. I'll send, nice. you the, I'll send you the link. It was. Send me the. Have you sent me the link? No, 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 no. I like posted it on Twitter. Um, uh, that's where it's at, and it's on my bio on Twitter. But it's actually really. I'm very, very excited because, like, it's been really amazing. Like talking to everybody that I've talked to because I realized about myself, I miss talking to strangers. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that didn't show. Like, you're natural. Everything was just flowing. Yeah, so I miss talking to strangers, and I miss talking about travel with people that travel. Travel. And so, like, what better way to combine my two favorite things? And so, like, (laughs) it's just been really cool, and it's been really, like, I feel like I'm getting that feeling that I get when I talk to other travelers, like that wanderlust feeling of like being connected yeah. and being able to be like, Oh my gosh, like you went here, like tell me about your story. And then they're like, you went there. Tell me about like what happened to you. And like, yeah, I think that for me, this whole project has made me realize like I, one of my favorite moments in like the book of Terrilyn has been when I'll be like in a different country and I'll be sitting in a bar drinking and then there's like another traveler and like total stranger, but we're just like connected by travel stories. And it just doesn't. Yeah. And then like, it doesn't matter like what their background is or who they are or like what it is they've done with their life. It like, that doesn't matter because like the thing that we have in common at that exact moment is like, travel and like I just think that's incredible like that's amazing to me so being and I and for me like it's really inspiring because it's like wow like 
like I had this one girl on here she t was talking about Vietnam and I like haven't gone to any Asian countries yet because I thought it yeah. was kind of like out of my like budget to do that and so she's like telling me about her experience in Vietnam and I'm just like oh my god like I want to go. Yeah, like, I want to go. Like, this is... <laughs> I want to go. Like, I'm adding more places to my, like, bucket list of places yeah. to go. And I think that it's just... It's inc it's incredible, you know? Like, like it's, it's just so cool to me. And I think it's yeah. really cool that, like, I have an opportunity to also be able to, like, have a platform to share other people's stories, too. Indeed. Like, platforms that allow um, other... Whether they we're new travelers or someone mm -hmm. who's like been thinking about it, but just doesn't know where to start. I think platforms that like yours that are allowing people to tell stories or that are showing brown faces traveling mm -hmm. at this moment in time is really important for young travelers. Like young people are seeing it or even older people are seeing it and being inspired and just be like, Hey, if they can do it, I can do it too. Yes. And I also, like, I don't know, I, like, think it's also really kind of like what you were talking about, how it's important to let other people tell their stories. Like, I have, like, I have such a problem with, like, travel Instagram because it's, like, uh -oh. Uh -oh. like it's just so, like, it's so fake and it's so glamorized and it's so, yeah. like... Oh, like, okay, so for instance, so we went to Greece last year. We went to Mykonos. Mm -hmm. If you go on Instagram anywhere and you Google Mykonos, all it's going to show you are those little white towns with the cobblestone white streets and, like, these girls yeah. twirling in these dresses. And it's just like, oh, my gosh, look at my cute ice cream I'm eating. Oh, I'm Outfit. eating, like, cute things. <laughs> like, blase, blase, blase. So I went to Mykonos and I was like, okay, I'm going to have this, like, really crazy, like, everything's going to be white and just, like, you know, Mykonos is going to be so magical and great and, like, wonderful. And so like from like the blogs that I had read like I didn't know that Mykonos town or Mykonos village where all that white stuff is that's a totally different place than the rest of the island like that um. Mykonos village is basically where all the cruise ships come in so like of course like all the girls are going to be taking pictures like that like that's where all the bougie like boutique hotels are that's where like um. everything like glamorous that you would see on Instagram is at yeah. And so, like, I didn't know that. So we were staying in another town that was probably, like, 25, 30 minutes away on, like, ATV. And mm -hmm. so, like, where we were staying, it, like, didn't... It looked... Give off the vibes. What? What? It didn't give off the vibes. It didn't give off the vibes at all. <laughs> it was very, like... <laughs> There was a lot of dirt. There were, like, farm animals. Oh, like, there was one little restaurant right there where we were at, and it was a cafe, and, like, it was just, like, it, we had to basically, like, catch a bus to get anywhere, and the bus was, like, ten minutes up the street, but, like, the bus had no schedule to it, so, like, oh, <laughs> the bus would just, <laughs> the bus would just show up whenever it was. To show up. And you'd have to like run for it if you missed it or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you weren't Probably there, not. if you weren't there in the spot that the bus picks up people, it would leave you. But like, where is the spot 
I don't know. It just yeah. kind of depends on wherever the bus feels like stopping. Stopping. So, like, <laughs> finally figured out, like, where, we're like, okay. And this is, like, we literally waited, like, 40 minutes for this dumb bus. Like, it was insane. So, the bus, like, takes you and it drops you off like in Mykonos town kind of so but then we mm-hmm. were trying to find like different places for AT to rent ATVs and so the mm-hmm. thing that they don't tell you beforehand when you go to Greece is to get an international driver's license because oh, no. so but like I had known that from prior friends that went like that was the oh. only reason that I knew to get an international driver's license so we were like, okay, dope, we have our international driver's license, and because we had an international driver's license, we got to go to the cheaper ATVs rental spots instead of the ones that charge you, like, off the yin-yang, because they're like, oh, you don't have an international driver's license, you need to get insurance, you need to get this, and you need to get this, and this, and this, so... Mm. then your ATV rental becomes, like, $100 a day, and, like, as... (laughs) Right? But, like, you know, like, as a tourist and, like, as Americans, like, we're used to spending that much money, like, for rental stuff. But because we had our international driver's license, it was only, like, $35 a day for, like, the ATV rental. So that was really cool. And so we're on the ATVs, like, driving around. And then we forgot to close the door at our Airbnb. (laughs) And so another thing that people don't tell you about Mykonos is it's humid there, so there's heck of mosquitoes. Oh no! And so we come back to the Airbnb. There's like a hundred mosquitoes in the Airbnb. Uh, it was, that's terrible. Oh no! <laughs> I woke up and had mosquito bites literally on every single part of my body, and I'm just oh, like, god. oh my god, like this is so crazy, like this is nuts to me. And then it was so funny because like at that time I'm still following the Mykonos hashtag on my Instagram, <laughs> and so like, I'm scrolling through Instagram and I'm like this is not my Mykonos experience. Like, yeah. this is not what's happening to me right now. My sister got hit by a car today on the ATV. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. We ended up at this, like, weird restaurant that we thought was a cult, and it wasn't. And then we, like, just started doing donuts in the parking lot on our ATV. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so, like... This so like the experience that like I had in Mykonos was just like it's so different. It was so it was so 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 different. Like yeah. instead of everything being white and flowy and clean, it was like dirty and brown and like mm-hmm. like tans and yellows and just like it. I had so much fun, but I had so much fun because literally I, I was heard. like, you know what, like. I had this vision of Mykonos in my head and literally like when the morning I woke up there, I was like, oh, this is not going to be the same. Like I look out and I, there's a cow, like <laughs> I'm looking at a cow. The cow was not in my vision. Right? <laughs> oh, no. So like, I don't know. And I think that, I think once I like let that idea of, that trip go it was just so fun like mm-hmm. it was so fun it was it was amazing and then it was so cute because you're on the ATVs and then you pass somebody else on an ATV and you honk your horn and you go beep beep and then they go beep beep and I'm just like oh my gosh like that's so cute like 
I'm like, why isn't why why have I never why read that on the on the hashtag Mykonos? Exactly. And I'm like, it's just these like dumb photos for clout. And I'm like, you know, the thing about I think I think another reason why I really wanted to work with like micro influencers and like micro bloggers mm-hmm. is because like we have such real authentic experiences and we have such real authentic stories. Like we, we are not hashtagging ad for, to be paid for sponsors. Like we're just like regular people. And I, I think I realized that when like (laughs) we, I, I can't remember if it was like the last trip or the trip before, but like, I didn't plan it. Right. And like, we didn't have a washing machine for like a good like week. And I'm like sitting over here, like washing my panties in the bathtub. And I'm like, (laughs) I was like, nobody talks about this. Like nobody talks about how like, you know, oh, we had come from. You need to make sure everything is in your Airbnb. Yes. And like, I, oh, so we were, we had come from Morocco. So we were like 10 days, we had spent 10 days in Morocco. And then from Morocco, we flew to Italy and we flew to Venice. And so we're in Venice and like, I had done laundry in Morocco, but I was like, oh, I'll get to Italy and like, I'll do my laundry there in Venice. But we stayed in like a bougie hotel in Venice and they didn't have like laundry service. And so I'm like, oh my God, like I don't have any underwear. It's raining outside. I like only have skirts that are clean. Like, (laughs) I need to put some pants on. Yeah. Yeah, but like, that's why literally using our platforms to tell these stories because it also then makes travel relatable uh-huh. and everyone enjoy it like everyone will want to come on any trip or just explore Mykonos for example because you're not like boxed in to say like you have to take a picture like this you have to look for the white building for you to if you haven't taken a picture by the white building that means you haven't been to Mykonos right <laughs> Like, it's not validated if you haven't taken your picture by the Eiffel Tower, for example, or something. Like, no, I've been to Paris. Like, you just don't have to take a picture by the Eiffel Tower. It's not the only thing in Paris, right? Right. It's other things. Yeah. And I, like, I don't know. That's why, I just think that's, I think it's so fun to talk about these stories. And this is also, talking about these stories is also helping us as travelers not feel so grounded during this yeah trash time yeah no it's it's true sharing these stories because now i'm gonna want to go to me can also rent me and uh, rtv and just do the things that you did yeah because it seems more fun rather than like it's not um hashtag ad fun that you were saying yeah it's real fun yeah and like okay so the funnest part about the atvs is like okay so you literally <laughs> the guy is in like a little booth that's probably like the size of this window he's like what's up and you're like i want an atv and then he's like do you have a driver's license and you hand them your international driver's license and he's like okay cool and he literally just writes the information down and he gives you a receipt and then you just go and i'm like like anyone can do that yeah and i'm like okay so like you don't need anymore he's like why and i'm like (laughs) I was like, do I give you money really? now? Yeah, I was like, do you want me to pay you now? And he's like, no, just pay me when you get back. And I'm like, 
Okay, and he's like, just make sure yeah, you fill it up with gas. Trust level in some countries, though, like they are so trustworthy that you're just like, <laughs> I could run away. Right. I could, like, it's the same when you go into. I I don't remember like, what European countries for the for the trains for the tubes mm-hmm. um, to get into the train. They just trust that everybody has bought their train ticket. And I went for a trip there. And I was just like, what if I just get, like, there's no right. no one, like, cautioning. There's no one on the entrance saying, have you got your ticket? Show me your ticket. So everyone is just a trusted good citizen. They <laughs> should have bought their ticket before they get on the, um, whatever it is, the bus or whatever. Yeah. And I tried it because... Coming from London, like, you have to buy your ticket in order for the barriers to open for you, for you to even get through anything. Yeah. Here, there were no barriers. There was nothing. And I was just like, what if I just don't buy a ticket? Let's see how that goes. I did it for one ride, but I felt so, like, convicted. Then I had to buy a ticket. But throughout that whole journey, no one came. And I was like, oh, geez. I could have got away with this. And, like, but it's... When you see someone else doing right, like following the rules, uh-huh. you're just convicted in yourself and just like, okay, let me just, let me follow the rules. Let me right, be good. Right. And then that guilt like eats you up and you're like, okay, I'm yeah. going to be a good citizen now. Yeah. Because like- if you ask anyone in London, I would give for all the barriers to be open. Like any chance that I get for me to avoid <laughs> paying travel. I'm taking it because travel is expensive. It's so expensive, especially in London. But I, I don't know. Like I, like I said, I don't know if I said that, but it, that makes me become a better person though. Cause you're like, okay, like I understand, like it's not necessarily about me, but it's about the betterment of like the community of people. So if we all don't, participate in this then somebody else is gonna like suffer because of it yeah and like that i think that's really cool like i'm here for it yeah if we all thought that <laughs> i think the world would be a better place right like, in general. <laughs> because someone else is thinking how i just felt like oh well if everyone else is doing it if i just don't do it it'll be okay and then let's say two people are thinking the same thing it trickles uh-huh. To 10 people are thinking the same thing and then the whole system is just robust right exactly i think on mykonos though i don't think that they were worried about it because it's like an island so it's like you can't <laughs> go anywhere you can't go anywhere <laughs> they will find you <laughs> right <laughs> like they'll find you and they'll find like your atb and i'm just like oh yeah okay. <laughs> yeah here it goes then <laughs> Yeah. Well, I gotta. I'm gonna do the outro and then I'll let you go. Okay. Okay. Cool. <clears throat> Thank you, Caroline, so much for having for joining me today on Millennial in Place. I had fun, and I think you had fun too. <laughs> I did. Thank you so much for having me. It was great talking to you. Yes, 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 yes. Well, we can't wait to see your next destination of travel, and yeah. stay clean. Wait, wash your hands, stay clean during this quarantine. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. I love how you had to recite it. <laughs> I've been working on it. I've been practicing it. 
thank you so much to everyone who's been tuning in and listened to this entire episode. You can learn more about Caroline of Travel Eat Slay at, well, Travel Eat Slay on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Tarolyn, and I will see y'all on the next episode of Millennial in Place.